We are back. It's been a minute. We were right back after the last time. We were like back to back. And now we've been gone for, for two weeks, unfortunately. They stayed to build a podcast. You need to be consistent. Well, unfortunately, we're not in a great place to meet that type of consistency just yet. But one day we might get there. With me, as always, though, consistently is my co-host, Derek. Derek, welcome. What's up, everyone? My name is Derek, Mr. Consistency Kunimura. But uh, yeah, we took a couple of weeks off there. My method or thought on that is that if Dominic team can take three weeks off now, we can take two weeks off. We were getting healthy, you know, we were getting healthy. Um, I actually was just buried with work. Still am. I'm going to hop off this podcast to do more work. So it's great. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing we love to do is talk tennis and that's why we're here and how this works is we're going to take a second here to look back at the tennis week that was, and then we're going to look forward at the tennis week that will be we're coming at this from a gambling perspective where we're going to be hitting money line winners growing the bankroll probably lose some too let's be real it's gambling but <laughs> um, as a part of growing tennis we're talking atp here so if you're looking for a wta segment coming up you can just go ahead and hit that stop button because <laughs> unfortunately we don't have it this time around but we do have plenty of atp action to recap and prognosticate Derek, let's look back at the ATP Barcelona and the Barcelona Open. That was an incredible final this morning between Rafa Nadal and Tsitsipas. What did you think of that match? Tsitsipas coming off his uh, Monte Carlo win and then Rafa coming off a slow start to start that tournament. He turned it around in the semis, actually didn't drop a set and then matched up against Tsitsipas, who he lost to previously uh, at the last tournament that they matched up at. Uh, yeah, so Rafa just came out at a slow start. I mean, it's Barcelona. I mean, he's got a freaking court named after him there. He shouldn't lose, technically. But he uh, had a slow start, like I said, and then he found his form, found his touch, found his rhythm, and he just handled Tsitsipas. Uh, I saw some people wanted Tsitsipas or thought Tsitsipas was going to win. Did you actually think that Tsitsipas could beat Rafa two times in a row? Uh, no, I did not. I Well, I mean, I thought there was a chance. I think the big thing this week for me, watching tennis talk and talkers, was uh, the amount of which there people were wanting to fade Nadal. And I think in the short term, that might be true. But in the long term, I, until he loses a French Open, I, I think, why fade him? What's even the point of like <laughs> acting like the guy's still not great on clay? Losing a set doesn't mean that the guy has fallen off. <laughs> Which I think, no. I mean, he didn't lose a match this whole week. He lost sets. And I think when you're so good, that's kind of the standard that you've set in the past. And people are expecting you to meet that. But I mean, he's not, you know, peak Rafa. But man, I, <laughs> I think he got pushed by uh, Kay earlier this week. And then the next match, he absolutely destroyed Cam Nori. So yeah. um, that was like that. that overnight was when all the talk of what Rafa do we really have was. And then he came out and just, I think he hit the games under, I think it was 17 and a half and he just took care of biz. I have to say for me though, the other side with Sitsipas coming off that big win in Monte Carlo, he's looked like a different player the last two weeks on clay compared to uh, the hard court season. Yeah. He definitely looks more confident. Um, he's still boring for me to watch. I felt like he was fun against green at Monte Carlo and he was hitting the ball pretty hard and then I was watching him today against Rafa and he's 
just kind of back to just playing the odds. He's making a lot of safe shots. Uh, I thought he should have went to the net a little bit more to take advantage of some volleys, but he just kind of played the baseline a little more. He did go to the net sometimes, but he just has to play a riskier game if he expects to just beat Rafa on clay. Again. Right. And he's good at getting to the net. I think that was one of the things that has defined his play over this two weeks of success. And uh, I also think he's really controlled matches uh from the center of the baseline just hitting the ball just making his opponent move back and forth back and forth um and he's was really crushing some pretty sweet backhand winners down the line he was missing those today i noticed a bit yeah compared to this guy that got knocked out by Herkaz just mentally falling apart on the hard court season. He's been really impressive and I, I'm excited to see what he's going to do at the French open. I, I think no one will probably beat Rafa, but uh, we could get some exciting matches moving forward. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to be fading Rafa, especially at the French or on clay. I feel like just fading Rafa on clay is, it's more of an ego thing. It's rather, rather than trying to win a bet here. So it's like someone's just trying to call his peak or when his peak's going to drop. But he's still Rafa playing yeah. on a court that has his name on it. I mean, yeah, he was not even a $2. For, I think he was under $2. I think he was minus mm-hmm. 180 playing in a final, but he's won 12 times on a court with his name on it. <laughs> Seems in like a country it, that he lives in. It speaks to how well uh, Steph has been playing and the credit that odds makers are giving him. I think Steph was only like plus 150 maybe mm-hmm. in that match i mean i would i <laughs> to make a full-on play i don't even think that's that great of value no i like the over we we boarded the over the board has actually had a good few days here in a row four and three over the last three days over the weekend we hit some plus money wins so we're up even more than that record shows so that was that was yeah. nice cash for the board another note from this tournament that i wanted to say real quick was uh yannick center who we always talk about he beat rublev in the quarters i think we nailed that when we said center was here now <laughs> he's here you know he's he's in the mix for making the semis making the finals every tournament now so i think yeah. that that just is more more proof to that case yeah top 20 player now and he's only going to get higher. We had another tournament this week, the ATP Belgrade and Serbia. Matteo Berrettini walks away with the title and the wave of the week. Tennis is a wavy sport, and the Wave of the Week highlights players who cut a good wave and rode it to success. Matteo Berrettini defines that this week. You know what I want to say, Derek? I was on Berrettini for Monte Carlo. I'm a week ahead. I've been a week ahead. I was a week ahead on him. I was a week ahead on Davidovich Pokina. I had him doing well the tournament before, and then he kind of had a nice little run in Monte Carlo. So I got to I gotta sync up my time more. But uh, I like that uh, Bertini had the success. He beat Karatsev, Aslan Karatsev, who had an unbelievable match yesterday against Novak Djokovic, taking him out. This was a cool stat I saw from the ATP's uh, media handle. At three hours and 38 minutes, Rafa Nadal's win over Tsitsipas marked the longest best of three set. And that final surpassed yesterday's semifinal between Karatsev and Joker as the longest best of three set match of 2021. 
So <laughs> two long matches, two days in a row, plenty of great tennis over the weekend. What do you think of Berrettini's run and uh, Karatsev besting Joker? Uh, let's start out with Karatsev. Karatsev, yeah, continues to impress. He doesn't stop doing Karatsev like 2021 things. He saved 23 break points against Novak. That's bonkers. Like that's the, a testament to how much he stays in these matches and how determined he is he's not like a guy that actually looks to see who he's playing i feel like a lot of guys um on tour would see that they're playing novak or see that they got roth on the other end of the court and then they kind of just go into their own shell a little bit and they just kind of get shy not karatsev like he just goes out there and looks like he's just playing tennis he still has this confident attitude to him which is kind of strange because he said his confidence was low and that's why we've never even heard of this guy until he was 27 years old just rocking the ao uh, so he dusted Novak in three and three and a half hours. Uh, I thought that Karatsev was going to win this one. Just looking at Berrettini's, uh, run, like he played Chechenato, then Krajinovic, then Taro Daniel, who was a lucky loser. So that was his route just to get to the final. I felt like he wasn't really challenged at all. Uh, yeah, but, he basically cruised to the final. Yeah. Like he didn't really have any reference of how good he was. But then he still beat Karatsev. I don't know if that was a fatigue thing after Karatsev played what would now be the second longest uh, match. <laughs> yeah, of the year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. What, do you, what did you think? Did you think he had Karatsev going uh, we, or winning? Or? We boarded Karatsev. I thought he was going to win. I, I mean, <laughs> when it comes to uh, picking winners, I tend to lean to the guy who just beat one of the big three. <laughs> <laughs> or or has recently beat one of the big three. That's just a little um a little uh, box that I can check and say, look, I know this guy's good because he beat one of, one of the three best players in the world recently. Berrettini straight up touched down an extra point at him in the in the tiebreak, seven uh, zero tiebreak. I think fatigue had to have played a factor in the end of uh, Karatsev. I mean, he's a very physical player too, not just in terms of the amount he's played, but he exerts a lot of energy uh, in these matches. And and you have to do that to beat a Novak Djokovic. So I, I don't fault him for stumbling here at the end. I do think that Berrettini, I think he was only plus 110. It was a short favorite, a short dog. So I, I, I was hard to, hard to lean Berrettini's way when you could just eat a little juice and go with the tennis terminator sent back from the future to win tennis in 2021, Aslan Karatsev. But, uh, but I think Berrettini, I think we've talked about in the past, he kind of just gets overlooked. He, he's got, he's got game. He got game. He could start in, in the nineties in a movie directed by Spike Lee. If it was about tennis in 2021, <laughs> I like Berrettini. I think he gets overlooked and, and maybe not so much now that he, well, a lot of people were fading him this week because of his injuries. I think he had abs injury and he was coming back, but uh, that quickly turned around. And I think he's on people's radars now. Yeah. I think Berrettini. Yeah. He is like a, he's mysteriously good. Like if you watch him in the middle of a match, you're kind of just like, Oh yeah, he can hold serve and whatnot. But if you keep watching the match, you'll notice, and I think I brought this up on the pod before, that he's kind of secretly good. He just starts kicking it into another gear uh, at critical points of the match, whether that be like at like 5-4 or, in this case, in the tiebreak. He just busted it out, and then he had that extra gear, and he just, like you said, got that touchdown on the extra point, winning that tiebreak 7 nothing. So never count that guy out. I never do. 
I mean, can't count out Karatsev either, though, because he <laughs> he was down in that match uh, several times and broke back to level up, even in the third. Yeah, impressive run for both players. All right, that was the tennis week that was, Derek. Let's take a look at the tennis week that will be. There are two stops on this calendar week. Let's start with ATP Portugal. We've got Dennis Chapo headlining here. He's in one seed. On the bottom of the bracket, podcast favorite Christian Garin. Pretty good draw. Pretty good draw. I have to say, though, that like after Chapo dumped and <laughs> got sent home by fellow countryman Felix in the last tournament, he the ATP like gifted this guy who everyone wants to be good, but has yet to fill that uh, a gift with this draw. Because, I mean, he's set up to have like one major challenge to get to the final. Yeah, this tournament has Shapovalov and then a good amount of tier two players so we have a, a lot of good matchups potentially yeah no this is uh money is to be made on this bracket okay so, so you want to start at the top yeah so let's just let's walk through here so shapovalov is going to play so he's going to play the winner of giron and mute out of france mute showed some life and some spunk getting up in uh dan evans face last week but uh i think he's you know considered more of a hardcore guy but he had some success last week in Barcelona, and uh, I like Mute. He's a he's a, to me he's a fun player. Short guy gets around more in the kind of out of that Goffin mode. I would say more than Schwartzman. I, I would I would <laughs> if we're if we're doing short guy comparisons, that's the, I would put him in that mold. Yeah, there's short guy and shorter guy. Yeah, I think he probably has more power than Goffin though. Yeah, I think he's pretty decent. Uh, definitely good enough to beat Gear on. Giron's, I mean, he's like a lower tier American player. Which, I mean, that's that's like the that's the <laughs> that's, that's like how you know you're bad when you're a low, lower tier American <laughs> player. Oh yeah, he's about a four dollar favorite. So let's just go ahead and move him on. What's two? What's two o Mute? Oh, you have a favorite as well. Uh yeah. So no, him winning two o is only minus one forty. So if you're looking for a play on that match, uh, I, I don't hate that. Although Giron. This just isn't a great match because I don't think that the underdog who's a significant underdog has a chance to win, but I do feel like it could be a match where Mute falls into that not very good enclave category that people want to put him in, and he has to win in three. Mute all day. We got Simone and Hebert. Yeah, Pierre Hughes-Hebert here. A battle of the French. I got Pierre Hughes-Hebert on this one. I'm digging his play recently, and it's... I think it converts very well to clay oh he's had a great 2021 so far i don't see any reason for that not to continue against simone who is just a guy on the tour actually he's only minus 150 so that's not that might be a board play i'm, I'm kind of digging that one yeah i am as well and then we got uh verdasco versus ramos yeah ramos sitting at a nice four dollar 75 cent favorite i got ramos moving on I, I, two players i don't well, one, I don't love talking about Ramos because he stole my entire bank account one time. <laughs> and two, I don't You don't know like what... talking about him, but you sure talk about that a lot because it's always fresh in your memory. <laughs> Some things you live through, you don't forget easily. Um, <laughs> I don't know a ton about Verdasco, so uh, let's just keep it moving here. Yeah, I got Ramos Vinales moving on as well. All right, so then we got Ramos versus uh, Bear, And uh, this, this that's tricky to me. That's a toss-up. I would love to know what the odds would be on that because I could see either guy winning that. I moved ahead a bear just because he's been playing well this year. I got a lot of toss-ups throughout this whole bracket 
and that's one of them. Uh, but I did move a bear on. And then we have above them, we have Shapo versus Mute. And I'll tell you what, this is a make or break match for Shapo because this is a match he could very easily lose. <laughs> because he's he's so inconsistent he's got all the talent but he just does not have the the mental capacity to put all that talent to use so far from what we've seen he's the top seed and this is not a a shoe in win for me against mute yeah i feel you on the chapeau mind games that he plays with himself but i still think he's solid enough to beat mute i do have him going on to the semis yeah i got enough confidence i mean i have him all the way to the semis as well but I'm just saying that's <laughs> you mentioned Berrettini's run and how he wasn't really challenged. I feel like each one of these stops on paper feels like not a challenge for Chapo, but this is good for his development as a clay player because these are matches that are going to push him. Yeah. I mean, he definitely needs some experience. He hasn't uh, just for this year because he hasn't been playing much on clay anyway. So let's see what he does here and we'll lead up, up to the French open. It'd be nice to say nice things about Chapo. That, that would be great instead of dogging him i agree i feel like we do that a lot and it he brings that upon himself it's not like we hate the guy by any means oh no i want him to be good look the guy looks like he's straight out of encino man he's got he's he's rocking um like 90s uh hardcore stuff a lot i i he's fun he could be a fun player uh, uh he could be a big star on this tour but his play hasn't opened that door yet okay let's move down to the next quarter we got Ugo with a bye. Yeah, Ugo Boss. The match below is Chechenato versus Lloyd Harris. Now this, um, yeah, this is an interesting match to Lloyd. me. I'm taking Lloyd. I don't feel super comfortable with that. He's got serve. He's got the power. And then you got Chechenato, who's pretty good clay player. And he's got the technique, but I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable ever betting Marco Chechenato by any means. No, I think Chechenato, I think that if this was on hardcore, this would be like slam, bang, definitely Lloyd Harris. The fact that Chechenato is a better clay player than Lloyd, at least on paper, if you're going by wins and losses, history of play. Okay, so Lloyd Harris is a plus 175. Okay, that is juicy. I mean... Uh (laughs) You can take plus three games if you're... Just a little unsure about taking Lloyd straight up. Because he's also coming off injury. So they're burying him for the surface <laughs> and first time out post uh, injury. I, that's, I think I would still ride Lloyd. I would, t- I would shoot my shot on a nice dog there. On the money line? Oh, yeah. So if we keep moving on, we got Chardy, who's got a qualifier. He's Not playing sure Munar. That. Oh, that's kind of a tough match then. Oh, yeah. I got. I actually have Munar beating Chardy. Huh. <laughs> I keep fading Charty every week. Sorry, Charty okay. Party. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Charty Party. Um, that's Burgers, David Burgers. Apology. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not going to apologize because I'm going to take Charty on that one. He's a crafty dude. Oh well, guess what? Bully for you because Charty is also plus one seventy five on the money line. Munar is an over two dollar favorite. Okay, so minus three games or plus three games. Sorry. Yeah, plus three games. Head. Huh? Yeah, this is like what we're saying. It's like this. This mid-tier tennis tournament right here. It's got a lot of mid-tier players creating a lot of coin flips. So I don't know. I think I would go with Charty still. Well, there you go. Perfect opportunity. Get some plus money in that pocket. Okay, so we got Anjar, Pablo Anjar, and Davidovich Fokina. Yeah, I got um, Davidovich Fokina moving on pretty easily here. This is probably a closer match in reality 
then these are yeah he's about a two dollar and 45 cent favorite i think anduhar is a solid clay veteran i liked a bit of Trikina and he played well uh in monte carlo he went out kind of early last week in barcelona so mm-hmm. i think that's kind of the problem with him is like he shows these flashes of being a guy who makes runs in big tournaments and then bows out quickly in these these smaller tournaments. He did the same thing in the 250 before Monte Carlo, where he think he lost in like the first or second round. Yeah, consistency is not really part of his game, but I still have him moving on. I can't imagine him getting upset by Andahar right here. No. And then do you have him moving on to the quarters too, or what? Yeah, I got a Ugo Fokina quarters. Yeah, same. Who you got winning that? I'm moving on the boss. I'm moving Me on the too. boss. Yeah, I feel like he, uh, he hasn't moved on far enough in a bit. So I got to take him here. I mean, he's a really good player. Yeah. So I, why wouldn't I, I? It's time for Ugo Umber to remind the tour that he is a good player. And this is a great tournament and draw for him to do that. He's been getting bounced pretty early in tournaments this year. He doesn't have a signature win under his belt, I don't think, in 2021. So good spot for him to kind of get right. After that, we got Ugo versus Chapo. Yeah, this is the exact spot I, I was just speaking of. Uh, I got Ugo beating Chapo. Hey, okay. That's a bold bet, and I'm taking the exact same thing. And I don't feel comfortable with it, but I feel like, yeah, like Chapo just kind of loses his head somewhere, and that's probably where I see it coming. Like, you got to be scared going up against Ugo Boss, and that's going to get to his head, and I think that's what's going to cause him to lose. Even though he's better than Ugo, Shapo, I just don't think mentally is going to be prepared for that. These two recently played, I believe. Shapovalov actually beat Ugo in Rome last year in three sets, and he won the last two sets to do so. So Shapo actually has two clay wins against Ugo. Uh, I'm feeling less good about my pick. Mm. <laughs> I'm still going to stick with it. I mean, that was history. It's not like it's always going to repeat itself. He also beat him yeah, in 2019 in in Lyon, but also a three-setter. So, yeah, it seems like uh, it's going to be a tight match. Do you feel like Chapo's kind of plateauing? Oh, big time. I think I feel like both of these players have plateaued this year. I feel like Ugo still has some room to grow. I don't know how much that is, and I feel like he will plateau like in a year or so. But I feel like Shapo's already plateaued and Ugo's still on the incline. Both of them are 22 years old now, so they're not exactly old, but they're also not exactly young when you have Carlos and Yannick and actual teenagers coming up now. So your window to the window to, to make a, a name for yourself uh, is still pretty open, but not as open as it once was. No, like I think the only way Shapo is going to get higher in the rankings is if the big three retire okay so uh you want to move on to the bottom half we got uh yeah let's Marin go to the bottom half chillich Marin chillich at the top of the bracket of his half yeah he's playing um, carlos and so yeah he's playing carlos alcaraz yeah so he's losing to carlos alcaraz who is a dollar 85 favorite over chillich I-, I feel like this is a great spot for alcaraz to get a nice win against chillich normally i would want to fade Carlos in the spot because I, I do I am in the camp that thinks that Carlos is not quite ready for prime time just yet but uh, it's his surface it's relatively close to home he's gonna be feeling himself a little bit and I, I think that forehand is just gonna be a bit too much for Chilich. Yeah I, I think any opponent's gonna be too much for Chilich. <laughs> <laughs> and Alcaraz is an opponent, so I, I, I'm just going to take Alcaraz there. Chilich has been dumping matches left and right, and I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with Alcaraz. Tennis JT, Jordan Thompson, uh, is playing Nuno 
Borges. By the way, I looked up this guy over the weekend. He is Portuguese, so he's playing at home tournament. Okay. He played at UMass, so he, he um, trained in oh, America. He's a college guy, huh? Um, he does not have how you pronounce his name. No. So he's not. I was just looking that up. Anyway, he's coming in hot off the qualies. And uh, I think conventional wisdom is to fade Jordan Thompson on clay every chance you can get. So I'm going to continue to do that here. Although I wish I was at a better value than minus 165. Thompson already a pretty nice dog at plus 135. This guy just continues to somehow get worse and worse. I don't know. He did get a couple wins, I think, in the last tournament, but I don't ever feel comfortable betting that. But I also don't ever feel comfortable betting somebody I haven't played yet. Like a thing with like stocks, they say it's like you don't trade stocks you don't know about, like with companies and stuff like that. And then some certain stocks, you like know how high it's going to go and how low it can possibly go. And I feel like that's the same thing with tennis. Like you don't really bet players that you don't know how good they are. You don't know what their attributes are, what their what their negatives and positives are. And you kind of just make a decision on that. So I just don't feel comfortable taking that qualifier. I, I moved them on. But I probably won't make it a play. But I am excited to see what this guy can do. Uh, I always love discovering new players. I'm moving on Borges. I think we we both are, even though we don't really feel great about making that a play. Next, we have Kevin Anderson returning to the tour uh, against Francis Tiafo, our favorite player to fade. Although, I hate to say it, I actually like him here in this spot. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And <laughs> this spot is kind of interesting because, like, this person goes on to possibly play Nishikori, who did make a little bit of a run in uh, Barcelona, bowed out against to Rafa. But, I mean, he's showing some sort of old form of himself, but he's also beatable. So Kando and Tiafo could probably beat Nishikori, but I'm still going to stick with Tiafo here. Yeah, I just saw that he's like uh, $2.45 favorite. That is insane to me. <laughs> but I do think that Tiafo has put in a ton of work on clay so far this year. And Anderson is typically a hardcore guy, I believe. Am I wrong on that? No, not at all. I mean, he's also a, a grass guy, made it to the final before at Wimbledon. But he's just mainly like a serve guy. Yeah, that's um, what, I guess that's what I'm going for. The serve, I think, will be a little bit, or won't be as much of a, an edge. And then with Tiafo, the good thing about him is that you get to watch that on TV. I'm starting to think that TC stands for Tiafo Channel. <laughs> we have our favorites. Uh, the tennis channel has theirs. I think that his game just like uh, translates well to clay. I didn't think that it would because he's more of like a power hitter, but he's more of like a slower guy. So I think that the way that the court is slower, that in turn, it helps out his game. Yeah. So then I think we both have uh, Alcaraz moving on to play Nishikori. And then mm-hmm. I have K winning that one. I have K winning this whole thing, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. I got a green winning it. I have him losing to green in the semis. I'm interested in where you think green's going to get bounced. That's uh, I have him beating green in the semis okay. and then beating Ugo. I think I think what you what you said was uh, basically what I'm thinking is that he looks like he's re- returning to form and uh, that form is pretty good and enough to mop this field. Yeah, the thing is, it's like I think he just kind of gets tired throughout the tournament and fatigue sets in. So he's getting a little older and his legs get a little tighter as the tournament goes on. Well, it's been an unexpected 2021 week to week. Something unexpected has happened. So 
I'm trying to, to find that unexpected edge here. So then I got uh, uh, the bottom half here, though, is uh, Bublik versus uh, Martinez. Martinez had a nice little run to quality into this thing. Bublik lost a match last week that I think he probably should have won against Demonur, who hasn't been playing that great. But I like Bublik to, to win here against Martinez. I think he's actually at even money right now. So Yeah, I would take that for sure. And then we have... Uh, Cam Nori, fresh off getting uh, eviscerated by Rafa, just absolutely crushed, playing uh, Sousa. And uh, Sousa is a, a clay guy who doesn't win on clay. So <laughs> I have Cam <laughs> Nori moving on here. <laughs> um, Where does he win then? I don't know. He doesn't. That's why uh, he had to wild card into this thing. Just, just challenger clay events. But yeah, I got Cam uh, taking his clay skills here. And moving on as well. And you got to beat him Bublik, though? Uh, no, I got Bublik, Green in Same. the uh, uh, quarters. So you got, obviously, Green winning the first round. Yeah, I got and him got beating. Gasquet beating have... Lindero. Yes, I do. Lindero, another clay guy who doesn't win a whole lot on clay, <laughs> actually. I was looking at his uh, his uh, head-to-heads, and, and man, that's a, it's a Christmas tree with a lot of red. <laughs> um but yeah so i have yeah so then i have green beating bublik but this, this is exciting we get a what, potential bublik green rematch uh, oh yeah from september the one of the all-time moments when he underserved him my kid is now a co-host as well i don't know if you hear <laughs> yes you want to join in what is her <laughs> thoughts on uh bublik's underhand serve uh she's green. very pro underhand serves actually <laughs> how many times has she watched that gif just on <laughs> A constant loop. That's how we get her to sleep. Is we just play that underhanded serve, and then Green's <laughs> indignant response. But uh, but yeah. So um, so do you have Green winning this whole thing? Yeah, I feel like he's got another clay win in him. It is funny how like there are these like odd spots on the tour that are just perfect for him to like get a lot of points and cash. And then when he's in like the larger fields, I mean, he mm-hmm. did pretty good at Monte Carlo. He, he made it. He made a little bit of a run. But he just, I don't ever see him getting like to a semi at a slam or something. No. And he knows like this is where he gets his points. Like this is the time of the year that he's going to try and increase his ranking. Uh, So I don't know. I just, I got to think he's going to win this one. All right. Well, let's move on to Germany, ATP Munich. We got uh, Zverev. Alexander Zverev is the top seed. And on the bottom, we have Norwegian Casper Ruud. Who I, I'm a I'm a rude guy. I'm a rude boy. Is that what his fans are called? Do they call them rude boys? They if they if not, they should. I just coined that, I think, and that the he needs to um take that and run with it. You're welcome, Casper. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't have very many uh Norwegian contacts <laughs> that I talk to about Casper Rude. Uh they they might be called rude boys. Let's quickly run through this here. So I got Zverev playing Martyrer. It's the winner of Barankas and Martyrer. Two dudes I don't know anything about. Yeah, I got Barankas moving on in that. Uh, and then obviously eventually losing to Zverev. So I don't think it really matters who's winning that Barankas Martyrer match. Uh, Barankas is a lucky loser too. Yeah. I still have him winning that, but I'm not going to play that by any means. For sure not. And then um, we have Rusevori. Versus Ivashka, who I think Ivashka, his claim to fame is he took a set off of Rafa recently. But I got him going down in flames to Rusu, who I'm excited to see back. He, I think he was he pulled out um, last week. The young Finn back to work. Yeah, I got the same thing. I got Rusu moving on. Uh, I got no faith in Ivashka. And then we got Lyo versus Mackie McDonald. 
Yeah, Mac to Mac is in a good spot to pick up a W. Leo, I looked at his recent uh, history of play, and it is littered with losses. Actually, you know what, though? It's also a good spot for him to pick up a win because Mac to Mac isn't exactly like a world beater here. So, um, and I I mean, it's kind of do you want to go with like the tour vet versus like the young guy who can't become a tour vet but can kind of play well enough to get these spots like this? I went with McKenzie go america okay yeah i'm not anti-american but uh i did take Lyovich here i checked out mackie's clay record it, it's not too hot it's it's got a lot of l's a couple w sprinkled in uh oh yeah Hard i'm to believe. yeah it's yeah it's like ranked 125th i'm not gonna take that guy not because he's ranked 125th just because he's not very good on clay then we have tarot daniel off his hot run playing Hoffman in a home tournament for him. Yeah, there's a lot of Germans in this. So Taro Daniel, like we just discussed his run, kind of odd. Uh, I still don't see him riding that wave into this tournament. So I'm going to take Hoffman. Yeah, neither do odds makers as he's uh, a plus 185 underdog. Hoffman, uh, a solid $2.25 favorite. Uh, it's not looking great for Taro. <laughs> not no, a lot of respect. No uh off uh his mini run there and i moved on hoffman yeah same so you got him beating krajanovich or what no i have krajanovich beating hoffman same all right let's move further down we got a couple germans playing in germany we got Humphrey versus cole schreiber yeah cole schreiber i believe is coming off injury it's his first time back out i believe this year yeah so definitely faded him taking comfort in that he will play the winner of Andre Martin and JL Struff. Yeah, if you listen to previous episodes, Struff's my adopted child. So I took Struff in that one. I went with Comfer and your boy Struff. Um, I feel like this is a good spot for Struff actually to to get some some points and some money here. Now I'm putting on my Derek hat and uh, I got Struff <laughs> making a bit of a run here. I got Struff meeting uh, Kranovich in the quarters and Struff besting him. We got to get some German representation here in this thing. Um, I know that Zverev is kind of like the de facto German guy, but um, mm-hmm. let's let's give let's give another guy some love. This is the this yeah. is Struff's opportunity to to do it for the the home home team. Yeah, I myself Derek took off my Derek hat here. I uh Gave it to David, and uh, I took comfort moving on to eventually lose to Kranovich. So you have uh, Zverev Kranovich semi. Correct. I mean, that uh, I, I don't hate that. But I think we both have Zverev in the final, correct? Yeah, definitely. Uh, as much crap as I talked on Kranovich, like, to you this week over text, it's like, now I got him winning two, three matches, three <laughs> matches here. In his, in his non-home tournament <laughs> last Uh-oh, week would yeah. have been the week for yeah yeah i don't know he, he he's pretty decent uh, he can beat comfort but like comfort's in his hometown i'm gonna take uh Krajanovich then we got bachelas vili playing diago montero from brazil i got bash winning that one yeah i got basel yeah montero i want to believe in but he's consistently let me down uh when i try to believe in him so my torch has gone out it's uh the water has been doused all over it and um it's smoldering now i'm team basel on this one so you got i'm assuming you got corda beating gallon oh of course i have corda beating gallon yeah uh, stupid question i don't even know what to ask that okay so who do you got you got corda versus bash basel yeah i got corda yeah, it's time same. for uh, la- last week was a, a misfire 
you know, last week was going to be Corda's clay rise, but this week, this is going to be Corda's clay rise. Yeah, I think this is the most interesting quarter section of both tournaments combined. We move on to the first round matches of this quarter. We got Coria versus Steve. I got Coria moving on. He's been playing pretty dang well on clay, so I think that one's a shoe-in. You agree? He he actually has not been playing very well on clay. I believe after I was the one that said he was a pretty good clay guy. Is he one of those clay guys that doesn't win on clay? He's another clay guy that actually, like, when you look at it, doesn't win on clay. Um, Hold on. Let me look. You saw him being Steve or what? Korea, he's he's got four straight losses, six of his last seven matches uh, on clay. He has lost. I take back every single single thing I said. <laughs> uh, so I have Steve. All right, you convinced me. I am now taking <laughs> Steve on that. <laughs> but I got Steve losing to Karatsev in the next round, of course. And then um, we got a potential Korda Karatsev rematch. Korda won round one in Miami. I have Karatsev winning this time around, of, of course. Unfortunately, I would love to pick Korda here, but I got to go with the Terminator. Yeah, same. I took him. I mean, we were discussing him what fatigue means to these guys tournament to tournament over text the other day uh Ozlan's 27 do you feel like he is at the point where he could get tired like i was saying that like i i don't really think fatigue's a thing like with Titsi Pass winning monte carlo and him being tired at uh barcelona i was like i don't think that's a thing for a 23 year old but for a 27 year old what do you think well i believe i mentioned how dan evans has been out there doing it week after week um mm-hmm. and at playing 30. pretty well at 30 playing pretty well and he's doing doubles on top of singles play so i feel like 27 is uh an age where you're still you still got that youthful that youthful pride about yourself and the legs are still there with you for the most part but uh karatsev you know he himself has said it it's it's not so much the physical it's the mental it's that mental exhaustion so even if his body is there for him is his mind going to be right? I guess that's the real question. Yeah. he's uh hasn't won a match since he's beat Novak Djokovic. So. <laughs> he's 0-1. 0-1. Yeah. Post, that post win Joker. really shattered his confidence. But uh, yeah, no, I still have Oslan beating Korda. I'm hoping that his legs can hold up for that. Even if I think he's like 85%, I still think he's a better player than Korda in the end. Agreed. At, at this moment in time, for sure. All right, so then we got on the let's keep going to the bottom. We got Popperin versus Millman. Obviously, we have Popperin because this is a Popperin podcast. We love that guy. This was an interesting one. Pella versus Gerasimov. Gerasimov beat Pella on clay like two weeks ago, and yet is somehow like a pretty significant dog. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't expect those odds. I do have him moving on. I didn't expect those odds though. Uh, he's uh plus 115 i think that's moved since i oh, okay. saw earlier looks like the market's correcting a little bit but uh yeah he's still an underdog against the guy he just beat pretty handily yeah. too yeah. so yeah i feel like that's a coin flip i would steer clear of that one though and then this is i think a big moment uh for the show because for the first time ever in the history of match point number nine i am picking tennis sangren to win <laughs> a tennis match it is time for tennis to get on the board for 2021 get a dub i got him beating paul <laughs> pablo cuevas here i don't know about what uh what your thoughts are on that uh no judging by my laugh yeah i did not take tennis anger in here i want to trust me I, I want to but i'm here giving people betting advice i'm not gonna just just 
pick tennis because I like that guy. I really wish that guy was just the best tennis player in the world, though. He is due for a W. Yeah, he's due, but uh, yeah, I, I just can't do it. There's no way. Cuevas <laughs> isn't that great. He, he's pretty old. I just can't do it. I want to. Can't do it. He's only, uh, Sangren is a $1.30 favorite. So you're actually <laughs> eating some juice. That kind of sucks. <laughs> Sangren did win once this year. He beat Martinez Incredible. in Miami. Ugh. No way. He has two wins. Ooh. He also beat someone in a challenger. Me? Oh, no. He won, a, he won a match at Great Ocean Road at the kickoff of the season. Yeah. So he's won two matches. Yeah, that's when he said, I hate this stupid sport. I remember that. That was great. <laughs> By the way, I got Sandrin getting bounced by Rude in the next round. I just leaned on Rude for this one just because of his clay experience, and he seems like a clay specialist. Yeah, I have Rude actually winning this whole thing. Uh, similar to your ideology of Garin picking up another clay prize. This is uh, a nice one here for Rude. I got him beating uh, Zverev in the final and uh, and getting some, some clay money here. Okay, I got Zverev beating Oslan in the final so uh, yeah i guess our bets are going to be looking uh, a little different from each other well there's a lot of ways to slice this this is a a a bit harder draw than the other one i think um because i feel like still some second tier players but higher in that second tier guys uh, you want to care about and root for who've been playing well in 2021 yeah like the parody is pretty high in both of these tournaments so that's why i said i was iffy on some of these bets but yeah just watch these players as they go along like you you can get a comfortable feel for how they look and um, if their game's on point. So, uh, yeah, just keep an eye and then try to ride a guy until you think that he's going to crash. And crash hard. And then you cash hard. How about that? Crash <laughs> and cash. That. End the show on a high note. Woo! Energy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Red Bull. Red Bull. Monster. I drink the monster with no sugar because I care about my body. <laughs> <laughs> five yeah. hour energy no yeah. sugar yeah it's a monster but it's it's the white one so it's not as bad this is a podcast about energy drinks <laughs> should we pivot into a, a podcast <laughs> about <laughs> there has to be energy drink podcast by the way only if your daughter wants to be a co-host she just might she just might all right derek well we, we've said it all we have wrapped up Tennis Week That Was. We've looked at what will be. You can find us on Twitter at MP9Tennis is the show's handle. My handle is at Carl Jr. Derek is at Derek underscore sucks. And come along for the ride. We're getting some traction finally and picking up some follows. Uh, the board has not been as bad <laughs> recently. So check out our plays. Um, and yeah, I feel like uh, things are trending up for match point number nine. It's good to get a show back out there, get some content back in the space. Let's keep growing tennis, get people talking about it, get people excited about it. Um, I watched MMA last week and I'm like fucking blown away that people prefer that so much more over tennis. <laughs> Because it's literally like, I mean, you you just feel like a lesser human being watching two people actually try to kill each other uh, as opposed to just hitting a ball back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not into MMA. I like tennis. Let's And that's the way it should be because everything I like is the way things should be. But that's how it was in America at one time. Maybe one day it will be again. Thanks to this yeah. podcast and the voice in the community we're trying to grow. Screw MMA. Watch tennis. Drink energy drinks. Goodbye, everybody. Until next time, see you on the court.